Are you tired of spinning your wheels with ineffective marketing strategies? Do you dream of finding a way to grow your business while also giving back to your community? Well, have you thought about charitable auctions? Maybe you've tried them in the past and you feel stuck because you're tired of donating to auctions that haven't gone that well. Either the winners never bothered to redeem their gift certificates or the ones who did were so price sensitive that you wished you'd never heard from them in the first place. Or maybe you've wanted to try auction marketing, but you don't know where to start and the thought of a bunch of trial and error makes you want to lay down and take a nap. Well, we've just launched our brand new course, Rework Your Marketing with Charitable Auctions. In this course, you'll gain access to a comprehensive course that has been meticulously crafted over 18 years of our own trial and error in our portrait studio in the trenches of charitable auctions. In this course, we dive deep into the world of charitable auction marketing and uncovering the secrets to our success with this. From setting clear goals to identifying the best charities for your business, we'll show you how to navigate this powerful marketing strategy with confidence. But that's not all. You're also going to receive a treasure trove of exclusive resources, including customizable templates, vendor recommendations, and tracking spreadsheets. Picture this. You donate a portrait session to a local charity auction. Not only does your donation attract the attention of your ideal clients, but it also helps support a cause that you're passionate about. And with the tools and insights provided by this course, you'll be able to turn those auction winners into lifelong clients. So whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, now is the time to rework your marketing strategy with charitable auctions. Visit our website today, dotherework.com forward slash auctions, and take the first step toward transforming your business and making a difference in your community. Welcome to The Rework with Allison Tyler-Jones, a podcast dedicated to inspiring portrait photographers to uniquely brand, profitably price, and confidently sell their best work. Allison has been doing just that for the last 15 years, and she's proven that it's possible to create unforgettable art and run a portrait business that supports your family and your dreams. All it takes is a little rework. Episodes will include interviews with experts from in and outside of the photo industry, mini workshops, and behind-the-scenes secrets that Allison uses in her portrait studio every single day. She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework. Welcome back to The Rework. 2021 is in the books and 2022 beckons. January is full of possibilities, but for portrait photographers in particular, January can be kind of rough. For most portrait studios, the fourth quarter is nuts and we kill ourselves trying to make all of our clients' dreams come true. Holiday cards, gifts for families, wall art. It's a race to the finish and every year, I'm really not sure whether we're gonna make it or not. For our portrait studio, 2021 turned out to be our best year yet, but in many ways, it was also a very difficult year. Busy season plus COVID year two, add in delays, shortages, price increases, and it is just a recipe for craziness. And you run and run until all of a sudden it's done. And then 
If you're a mom, it's time to dream up the magic of Christmas for our own families. And we think we're going to get a break, but then there are a million parties and events and we wouldn't miss them for the world, but it's a lot. And then January and back to business? Or are we supposed to be setting goals or it's time to do everything all over again? Sometimes I think we're just crawling back to work and feeling like we need to crank up the machine. But before you go back to the same old, same old, maybe let's take a minute and listen to this conversation with my friend and former mentee, Cynthia Moore. She is a portrait photographer in London, Ontario, Canada. And we just talk about the last year, changes she's made in her business, maybe some changes that she might need to make. We had a disagreement about something, so that will be an interesting conversation. And just ponder where you're at in your business. If you like where you're at, maybe you had your best year yet. Maybe you wish you'd been a little bit busier, but I like to just revisit four key decisions that I need to make every single year. And it helps me to ground myself when I think of moving forward in the next year. And those are, why am I doing this in the first place? Am I running the business that I really want to have? If not, what is it that I'm not loving or what really did work over the last year? Am I spending too much time on the wrong things and not enough time on the right things? And am I working with the clients that I really want to work with? Am I sending the right message to those clients? Is my message crystal clear and how can I refine it even more this year? And then what are my goals for the year? So those are my big four things. Why am I doing it? So getting back to the why, like my family, I'm wishing for more time with people that I love and I want to still love what I'm doing. Am I creating the business that I want to have? Three, am I working with the clients that I want to work with? Sending them the right message. Is that message clear? And four, what are my goals for this year? So we'll, this will kind of be woven throughout this conversation with Cynthia. And we kind of take a couple of detours, but I think that you'll find it helpful uh, to hear from another portrait photographer and what she's doing in her business, how changes she's made have helped her and maybe some changes that she needs to make in the new year. Okay, so I would love to welcome to our podcast today, Cynthia Moore, who is a photographer in Toronto, Canada. Is that right? Well, London, close, about two London. hours from Toronto. I bet there's a lot of people that didn't even know there was a London, Canada. I was one of those <laughs> people until I met you. Between uh, Toronto and Detroit, that's what we're known for. Okay. So East Coast of Canada. Yes. And we met how many years ago? I was thinking about that today. I think it's probably been four. I okay. I say four years, maybe. Does that sound right? It kind of seems like I've known you longer than that. But anyway, so we met. How did we meet? We met because I heard about you while I was in Arizona from somebody that I met uh, who was raving about the beautiful photos that you did for them. And then I Googled you and fell in love with your work, obviously, like everybody does. <laughs> and uh, I got in touch with you to do um, one-on-one -on -one mentoring because we spend time in Arizona, which is obviously where you, where you are. So uh, yeah, we set that up and I spent the day with you. And, and it was so fun. Loads. It was so fun. It was so much fun. So you are a portrait photographer in Canada. So just tell our listeners a little bit about your business and kind of, you know, how you got started and just give the 
a little mini bio of you. Rundown. Okay. I have been mostly a child and family um, portrait photographer for about 17 or 18 years, which seems impossible. But um, (laughs) I did take uh, some time off after uh, a family tragedy, which I don't, I won't get into, but uh, I took about six years off. And then when we moved into the bigger city uh, where we are, decided to get back to it because there was a perfect space um, uh, above our garage to actually have a physical studio. So got back to that about six, six years ago and have been loving getting back to it and spending time with great clients. But yeah, mostly kids and families. I do do some corporate work, headshots and whatnot, but my focus is kids and families. I love it. So how did 2021 go for you? How was it? (sighs) 2021 started off like everybody else's probably hopeful thinking mm-hmm. that things were were going to be um different and I don't know how much you guys know about what what it's like up north but uh, we very quickly went into another lockdown there and uh, so we were actually shut down for the better part of five months last year. So while it was business as usual down here, I mean, obviously safely and masked and all of that, we were actually unable to work completely in Ontario, which is the province, uh, the province that London, London is in. So we started off hopeful and then it very quickly (laughs) got a little bit, a little bit sad and desperate for a while. Uh, But once we came out of that, I mean, if people were excited to be back to it, it actually ended up being a pretty busy, a pretty busy year and business wise and pretty profitable considering how many years or how many months that we weren't actually working at right. all. So it ended up being a great year, I have to say. Well, and I think it's when you had, you and I had talked early last year, you said that 2020 had been kind of similar that it had shut down. You thought it was going to be horrible, but actually you had more time off, but you actually had a really good year. Yes. Yeah, that's true too. And that's, it's funny because we actually ended up in 2021 being shut down for longer than we were in 2020. So it was basically a repeat, but from a profit standpoint, 2021 was a better sales year than 2020, even though we were shut down for longer. And I just think people were, they couldn't go anywhere. It was still pretty kind of difficult to Mm -hmm. get in and out. Like we couldn't travel as easily. So I actually had a lot of great clients who seemed to sort of make an event of Mm -hmm. their sessions, right? where they were going to, was a 25th anniversary, or we were going to go to Greece, but we decided we're not going and we're going to do this instead. So, which obviously was fantastic uh, photographers, not great for travel, but I actually ended up having a lot of really, really great clients who had sort of a different vibe to me this year. Like you could tell that the clients were really invested in their sessions mm-hmm. in a different way, if that makes sense. I don't know if yeah. you found if you found the same thing yes. at all. But yeah, that it was it was very much a collaboration instead of a just, oh, we haven't had a portrait for five years. Do so we need to do this sort of thing? It felt special. Right. Yeah. So tell me more about that. Like what were give me an example of one of those sessions. One that comes to mind uh, was a couple who, the ones actually I just mentioned, was their 25th wedding wedding anniversary, and they just got beautiful portraits done to put up in their in their home just for themselves, right? And it was very, very much a collaborative thing. A lot of discussion about what was going to be worn and what what the end product was going to 
entail, which again, I learned from you. So thank you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. And actually a lot of, I would say the same. I did have a lot of um, families with younger kids who ended up investing in things that they wanted to put on their walls, which I think probably would not have been something that they would have done had we not been going going through this, right? We spent so much time at home. I just right. think that the level of value for what we do has gone up exponentially. I couldn't agree more. I And I think, you know, people have spent so much time in their homes and at least all of my clients are either building, moving, remodeling. They're doing something with their houses mm-hmm. and have, you know, many of my clients have lost family members or have had family members be sick. And it's just been such an upheaval time. We've heard the word unprecedented a million times over the yes, last few yeah. years, but it really has been. And I definitely have got that sense too. And I, I've always said we we mainly compete with travel and school as far as family photographers, especially more mature families have kids in college yeah, kids and they're away. away. Mm-hmm. And this was a time when everybody was able to be home and uh, that facilitated this being able to happen for many families that sometimes maybe they've skipped a few years or whatever. Totally. I feel like too, they were maybe because we were locked down, like people were excited to get out. I had people booking during lockdown, just wanting to have a date on the Something to look forward to. Like something to look forward to, but then they couldn't get their hair cut. So then we had to cancel those sessions (laughs) (laughs) and reschedule when they got their hair cut. Yeah. Bad roots, (laughs) haircut. I know we've had a lot of long hair too. Yeah, for sure. So I think it's so fascinating that when we met and you and I spent that day together mentoring Mm -hmm. and we, when you'd called me when the first thing that you were asking about was, I just want to come and see what your lighting is like. And I just want to see how you shoot come. And I want you to show me the lighting. And do you remember anything about that conversation? How that went? Initial conversation on the Mm -hmm. phone? Well, yes, just I do. I remember yes. exactly what you said. Do you want okay. me to remind you? Please tell <laughs> that me. will take 10 minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> or something along those lines. I think it was five. What yeah. else? Okay. What <laughs> else do you need to know? And ironically, when I was thinking about this conversation earlier and sort of how I've spent the last however many years it's been since I came to see you. And when people ask me for advice that I would give, it's that we spend so much time trying to figure out the lighting and talking about the lighting and watching videos and educating ourselves about the lighting and so little time on the business. And sure. that has just been a massive game changer, which again, I will thank you for because that is now sort of how I think about this business well, is more. You about- did it. You had to go away and do it. It's like the personal trainer, they can motivate you, but the clients that are successful are the ones that go away and execute. And, and you've definitely done that. So it's been really fun to watch, to watch you go away and make all of those things happen in your business. And so I wanted to, to talk with you today, cause it's January 3rd, 2022, mm-hmm. first part of a new year Ooh, and happy new year. Are you too? <laughs> and, um, I'm always, at the beginning of the year, it's kind of a depressing time and a good time. It's like, I think we, as women, we kill ourselves to 
get all of the Christmas done for our clients or holiday work done for our clients. And then you look up and you're like, Oh, actually I now have to do Christmas. (laughs) I don't have a wife. I actually am the wife and I have to go now to be the mother and And we love it. And we think, Oh, we're going to, we're going to just get to the holidays and then I'm going to be able to relax. And then you realize, no, because it's the holidays and a million things that you have to do and be to, and, and it's all great. It's all good. But then we're staring down the barrel of January and I don't know about you, but like, sometimes I think, can we just not go back until February? Cause I need like a month to recover from the crazy season and the holidays and all of that. Yes. So I don't know if you can relate to that at all. Well, I usually actually take this month I know. off a shooting. Well, that's why I come to Arizona to take the month off and start. And you are, you're here. Fresh make and make plans and, and do work. I bring things like I bring everything with me because I think part of this business, I don't know if you'll agree, it gets in your brain and under your skin and it's not just a job that you shut off when you're not doing sure. it. I feel like we're always thinking about it even when we're not physically in our studios, right? So yeah. that's what January is for. Well, I love that you do that. And I know that you have a home here in the desert so you can have the best of both worlds. You can get your snowy on up and at home yes. <laughs> Canada and then down here be be warm. So one of the things that I kind of wanted to talk about was the things that I look at in my business every year, and these are things that you and I have talked about when we had mentored together and then subsequent conversations that we've had. So as I'm looking at this, the year in review, so to speak, and then looking ahead at the the new year, there are about four things that I tend to think about every year. And one of them is why am I doing this? Like, do I still mm-hmm. love this? Do I still want to do this? And by the time we get to about the second week in December, I really, that question is like very large <laughs> in red type in my brain. Like, why am I doing this for a living? And then the other thing is the second one is, do I have the business that I want to have? You know, so am I doing business the way that I really want to do business? So I am usually keeping kind of a running tab during the very, very busy, thick of the busy season. I have a notepad that I have next to my keyboard and I will just not note down like, okay, we're never doing this again, or make sure and call Ron Nichols and tell him to put this feature in pro select or whatever, like whatever the thing that I'm continually coming up against. Mm -hmm. Um, And then third, I am thinking, Am I attracting the clients that I want to work with? Like, have I felt really, has it been a great season? Have I had really great clients or have there been, you know, some things that kind of maybe that wasn't a good fit or whatever. And then lastly, then I kind of take those three things and look ahead and go, okay, what are my goals that I want to set for the year? So does that sound familiar to you? Is that, do you do something similar or what are your thoughts? It's funny because I think um, because I spend so much time listening to education like yours, like this, your podcast or whatever, this year (laughs) has been more like that. Like, what did I, because I thought that last year was a great year, but then when you sit down and you really, really pick things apart, it's not always obviously about the, well, it's not at all about the top line, right? It's about the bottom line and what could I have done better and what did I let slide. So I've actually the last couple of days been making notes to myself and thinking about that, not as like you're saying, so structured, but just that I, in my, in 2022, as far as goals go, what do I know that I did wrong last year? What are the things that I always kind of let slip? Yeah. And I know I do. And they're always the same like couple what? of things. What do you think? Like, I feel like I, because I'm a one woman show, mm-hmm. right? A lot of kind of the processes aren't super tight like mm-hmm. they could be. 
I edit all my own work. This year, I started letting some of that go. So you're just behind the computer so much, which is not where my time is best spent, I know. And yeah, just not my processes are not as tight as they could be. And that I sometimes break my own rules, (laughs) like leaving galleries up. Uh, I do in-person sales, but don't yell at me, but the gallery is up (laughs) for the clients to see for a few days before they come in and do their in-person with me, because I've always felt like that is, that's what I would want to do. I know I probably have better sales if I didn't uh, do that, but I'm pretty happy kind of with how that works. But I catch myself then sometimes, usually with people maybe that I already have a relationship with, not like a brand new client, but somebody who I have an outside relationship with, leaving it up. And then all of a sudden, three months have passed, four months have passed. I've shared things on Instagram, they've reshared them, and they haven't put an order in yet. Things like that, that I know it's like Allison Tyler Jones 101, don't do that. (laughs) And I'm and I'm doing it and I know I'm doing it and okay. I don't want to so, do it anymore. That makes me happy. I mean, it doesn't make me happy that you're doing that, but let's, let's discuss because we're headed into a new year. And so how might that be different? Like how, let's just isolate that one single thing. So okay, are you doing business the way that you really want to be doing business? So what do you see as the problem with putting up those web those web galleries before you do the view and order? I honestly, personally, the, the only way that I would know kind of a side-by-side what would happen if I, I didn't do that is if obviously I didn't do it, just right. stop doing it and have them come in for, for a view and order. But And I've said this to you before, and I know I'm sure there's, there are loads of Canadian photographers that do it the way that you do it. But myself, I've just always felt like if it was me as the client, I would rather sit in my house, look at them, then go in for my meeting three days later or whatever. So generally speaking, I'm doing that and it's working and I have a good average sale. But if I changed it to the way that that you do it, it stands to reason that my sales would obviously be be higher. I don't know at this stage of the game if I want to do that or not, because I can't get past that. I think that that's what I would want. It still makes me feel like it's um like I'd feel pressured bringing somebody in right. when they haven't seen anything right. yet. And the flip side of that is I don't get the, I don't get to see them see their images, which I know, see, I know you love and it yeah. kills it, it does. It kills me. But it's it's kind of a, a trade-off. Okay. If I so sorry, let's go ahead. let's just pretend. Yes. Because I'm going to photograph you and your family. Yes. And I'm not sending you a link. Yes. Ever. (laughs) So we've had this time. We've done the consultation. We've spent the time photographing your family. It's been great. It's very obvious that you know what I do. You know how Mm -hmm. I do it. It's very clear. And then you might say to me, you're going to send me something to look at, a sneak peek or whatever. And I'm going to say, oh, that's the best thing is we get to look at it together. Now, I know you're not going to say to me, well, no, you have to send it. But if you were a client, you might say that. So are you worried about that then? If, if I was shooting your family, would you be worried about that? Would um, you be no. feeling like I would pressure you? No, not at all, actually, because I feel like if there's something I've learned in all of these years of doing this, that our clients do what we tell them, right? Every step of the way, they're looking to us 
to tell them, how is this going to go? What am I supposed to wear? Oh, I didn't even know I was going to hang something on the Mm -hmm. wall, whatever it might be, right? They're always, and I've always, always thought that and seen that that was like, it's been like a total source of education over the last 17 years that it's like when I'm feeling insecure, but then I see that they don't know, right? They're looking to me to say, this is how it is. So if I said, starting January 1, I'm not putting up galleries anymore for my clients that they had to like, I, I don't think it would be any issue at all. I honestly don't. I think it's my own that I just feel like I, as a consumer, I would prefer that myself. So that's how I choose to okay, do it. And so, if my sales are at a certain level that I'm okay with that, even though I know that they would be better if I wasn't right. doing that. Sorry, okay. didn't mean so to money is no money is not the only consideration. But I'm just going to challenge you again on that, like that you would feel more comfortable with that. The reason that you would feel more comfortable with that is because you are a visual, you're a photographer, and you were going to be able to sit there and go through all of those images and be like, oh, this would be great as an eight by 10. This would be amazing as a 16 by 24. Like you have Mm -hmm. the ability to sit there and really figure all that out. Yes. 99.9% of all of our clients do not have that ability. So let's flip this around to like a radiologist. You just got a bunch of x-rays done and the radiologist says, I'm just going to send you your films and you look at them for about three days and see what you think. And then, then we'll meet and I'll tell you what I think they should do, what kind of surgery or whatever. Are you freaking kidding me? I can't do that. And it's, it's like an overwhelming thing. And the other thing too, that I think that you may not be considering is that first of all, you don't get to see them see it. So that's like taking off major parts of that. If it's not, I mean, you're Canadian, so it's not all about the money. You socialist people up there just love to talk (laughs) about like the experience. That's not all about the money. Great. Um, But we do love the verbal. uh, Of course. (laughs) Yes. And so to see them see it. So that's just as much a part of the experience as the consultation or having a great time in the session is this feeling of like, this is really a big deal. And things that are really a big deal don't happen online because we need to be in the same room. This needs to be incredibly special. And if we do the consultation correctly and really nail it down what it is that we're doing, and I know that you do that, then there's no pressure in the view and order. There's no pressure at all because all we're doing is just fulfilling what you already said. We were, what we had already talked about. Does that sound still ring true? Okay. But I, but I can still feel, I feel resistance and I, I know what you're saying. I think that you've psyched yourself out a little bit because the other downside for you. So one, the downside for you is that you don't get to see them, see it for the first time Two, you have sales that are not closing. Oh yes. If I'm not, yes. Making them actually come in, which I will say that is a very small percentage of the time. And again, always with people that I know. So that's my own problem. That's something I'm doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But this is not a beat up on Cynthia Moore show. This is like, we all fill in the blank. Yours happens to be a web gallery that's going out three days ahead of time. Yeah. Somebody else might be I have a rule that I don't sell, I don't sell eight by tens and, you know, I don't sell gift prints only as an add on to a wall portrait. So maybe that's the rule that somebody might break. Like I don't people Mm -hmm. don't want to do that, but they'll be like, well, it was better than nothing. So I went ahead and did the session, even though they said they only wanted to buy eight by tens, you know? So I mean, there's always things, there are always quote unquote rules and things that we are breaking. And so I think it's, it's instructive. It's helpful for me to talk about it because I think, oh, 
am I, where am I doing that, you know, in my own business? And I think deep down, I've wanted to change that part of the process and that some of it actually is my own, um, I don't know if laziness is the right word, probably. When you are not culling down your sessions Mm -hmm. to where they need to be. Mm -hmm. So if I show somebody a hundred images Mm -hmm. and I've, the way that I do my galleries is I choose kind of my favorite five or six, Mm -hmm. retouch them so that that's the first thing they see is what Mm -hmm. I've retouched, maybe do it and any head swap that needs to be done. So what they're looking at, the first five or six are the perfect of all of them. Right. But then I'm still showing them 93 other things or whatever. Right. Why? I I know that. Why? Because what do you think they're buying? Always those first few things. Right. So it's unnecessary. I know. Right. Well, and I did the same thing to my sister. I photographed her family. This is probably maybe three or four years ago. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, I tell my family, like, look, I'm not photographing you during the busy season. You need to come in like in August or whatever. Anyway, I didn't get around to editing her session. She needed them for her cards and the things that she, she was going to do. And so I just sent her a web gallery of a very loosely edited. And so there probably were a hundred images in that. And she was so mad at me. (laughs) She called me. Now, Never mind that it was free, but um, she called yeah. me and she's, and she's like, she's like, okay, so and she, this is my sister Caroline, that's the interior designer. She's like, yeah. all right, so when next time when I design a room for you, because she had just redone my kitchen, I'm just gonna send you like a hundred cabinet samples and all the hardware samples and all the colors and all the like. How long do you think it took me to design your kitchen? Like I had to figure out what the, the range hood was going to be. I had to figure out what, what hardware was going to, what tile was going to go on the wall, the countertops, the flooring, the, like all of that, how it was all going to work together perfectly measured, drawn. I didn't just send you a bunch of samples. It was founded in on her. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I totally did. Yeah. (laughs) Which I would never have done that to a client, but she's like, this is the worst. She's like, don't you ever do this to me again? I don't care if you send me only five pictures. She's like, I just, I cannot look through. I don't have your ability to look through and decide which one's good. Cause I think they're all great. Cause they're my kids and I love them. But then I'm, I'm sitting here going, well, but what about this one? And how do I figure out that one? And she's like, you're just making me do way too much work. She goes, I hope you never do this to a client. And of course I was like, no, of course I would never do that to a client, but that really flipped it on the head for me because in your world and in my world at the time too, I thought, oh, I'm doing her a favor. I'm doing something that I never do for a a client. I'm giving her a special treat, letting her see way more pictures. Right. But really it was actually the opposite. It was that I found it in. I didn't have time. It takes way longer to actually call it down to a tight edit. It's my life of every way harder. It's the thing I hate the most. Yeah, It's hard. Yeah. And so it's just easier to throw up a bunch of images, but what that does is it makes nothing special. Even if you're retouching some of them, it makes nothing special and it makes the process not special. And we have now set them into reduction. The client is going into reduction mode because they love everything in the beginning and they see all the possibilities, but then they start thinking, well, I can't put all these on my wall. I I doing album? What am I? I I can't afford to buy all this stuff. And so then they just start narrow, 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 narrow. So that's why they needed, in my opinion, that's why they need to be guided through it. And I have to, that honestly, and that example about your sister 
this is how I learn. <laughs> and I, I, many of the things when I came to see you, and again, when I listened to your podcast or any podcast, when somebody tells a story that mm-hmm. actually is the exact example of why whatever needs to be changed. Another one you said to me, and this is like, I can't remember um, a lot about a lot, but one of the things that you said to me was, that when I came to see you about um, like giving digital files or whatever, that my husband is a landscaper, as you know, that he would never just drop all the plant material off on somebody's lawn and say, there you go. Like there's your landscape, put it together. And that was like hitting me over the head with something, right? Like those types of examples for me make the difference of understanding or not grasping the concept or wanting to continue to be lazy and do it my way. But if I feel like I'm ripping my client off of the experience, that makes me look at it from a different perspective. You saying, you telling me that makes me look at it from a different perspective. Because you're a good person and you want, you want your client to have the most amazing experience, but what Mm -hmm. you, you're also wearing a ton of hats and you're also doing a lot of things that you probably could be outsourcing, but you're, you're kind of in that middle. And especially after like COVID, all bets are off, right? I mean, you've had five months off. Mm-hmm. 2020 was crazy. And right now you're as a one woman show, you can kind of expand and contract with however many clients that you have, because you don't have somebody on staff that you're having to pay all the time, which can be a blessing in some ways. And it can be a curse in other times, right? Yeah, for sure. And so if you had that, if you had something, even if it was outsourced where you could take some of this stuff off of your plate, things that you don't love to do, things that you probably shouldn't be doing, and you had the time that's where I've kind of got my business to through this, looking at these processes, you know, I've hit a lot of Januaries and been like, I'm never retouching another image again, as long as I live, like I got to get somebody to do that for me, or I am never going to actually design a holiday card again. I'm going, you know, I'm going to have somebody design, I'll, I'll sketch it out or conceptualize and then have somebody else finish it. Or so this is iterations over years and over time. But maybe that's something for you to look at is if you had that time to where all you were doing is basically putting the finishing touches on something or even saying, you know, so what my, what my editing process looks like now is Stacy does my first pass edit, So she'll get it down to about maybe 60, 70 images. Okay. Depending on whether we're, what kind of session it is. If it's a big multi-gen, of course, it's going to be more. If it's a smaller, whatever, depending on. So anywhere from like 30 to 75 images, she'll get it down. Then I'm going to go in and I'm going to look at her edit. If there's something that I know she missed, because you know how, when you're in the session, you're like, what happened to the one where the kid was falling off the couch or whatever, then I can go back into it and look, look at those images, but I'll go through her edit. I'll refine it from there. So that takes considerably less time than starting from the very beginning and going through everything. Because I'm an overshooter, like we all tend to be. Most of us are, yeah. Most of us are, yeah. And so I will go through, look at those images, and I'll get it down to, again, depending, anywhere from 20 to 50. But then I'm putting those images on a wall or in an album, and then I'll show them the slideshow in the beginning, but then I'm like, okay, let's go ahead and look at your walls. And we go there first. So we're not spending a ton of time going through, let's look at these five images of her smiling. Which one do we like best? Like, we're really not doing that. We're really just looking, here's the wall, here's the album. 
And so the slideshow really is selfish because that's me seeing them see it for the first time. So then I'm just enjoying that. That's for me, hundred percent. I mean, I want them to enjoy (laughs) it too, but I, but I, that's a big payoff for me because I just, not because I want them to think that I'm a great photographer, but because I want them to see how great their kids are, or I want them to see the love in their family. You know, that, like, that's like looking at the groom's face when the bride is walking down the aisle. It's that, that's example, right? Yeah, exactly that. Yes. Yeah. Which I do feel like I miss, I miss out on definitely doing it the way I do. My other concern, and I don't know, I feel like you probably don't run into this because your systems are so tight, is that because you're doing it the first time they're seeing them, that they'll Mm -hmm. leave, they'll put their order in, and then they'll leave and be like, what did I do? I didn't want to spend that or whatever. If they're, I know that their husband is supposed to be with them at the time. Sometimes he is when they're with me and sometimes they're not because he's already seen the images. So it's not like you're not taking a big risk, but if you're choosing a 40 inch wall portrait that your husband hasn't seen yet, like that just wouldn't happen. So obviously the importance of everybody being there is higher as well. Right. So how often does that happen to you? So I would say it used to happen for sure. Mm -hmm. It would happen. But what I found was I was absolutely not willing to do either a sneak peek or a gallery ahead of time. That was never on the table for me. So I realized how I made that not happen was the consultation was so tight. Okay. Yeah. So in my opinion, as a one woman show, if I were to go back to that, to if I was by myself, I literally, and and I've, I've worked so hard to get this to be this way now. I only want to be with clients, meaning I'm consulting, I'm shooting, or I'm, I'm, we're in a view and order session, Mm -hmm. or I'm installing in their home, period. I don't want to do anything else. I can do all the other things, but that's where I'm best. And so if I can spend less time editing and then have less images to show, so that makes it, that makes the view and order much easier because they have way less images to be like, well... There were those those 75 others that I looked at. Maybe the other one was better. You know, it's just, we've already, you and I have talked. We know we want the picture of you and Dave. We want the picture of this. We want the picture of that. We've already talked about exactly what it is that we're shooting for. And then when we meet, then I'm just, we're just recalling it. Remember when you said that, that it was your 20th anniversary And you really wanted a nice picture of you and Dave, but you wanted it not camera aware. You wanted to be laughing, whatever. So here's that image. And we needed it to be vertical because your niche at the end of the hallway was vertical. So here's that image. I have it there. I'm really having a hard time deciding between these two, which one do you like better? You know, so it's literally just that narrow. I've got it so narrowed down because we've had all the hard conversations in the consultation. So when, when you've said to me, you know, it's mine and Dave's 20th anniversary, we want to do something really special. We have this niche at 72 inches. Then I'm like, okay, a 72 inch. I don't know what my price is on that, but you know, it's maybe $9,000 or something like that Mm -hmm. framed, delivered, installed. How does that sound? So we're not having the conversation about how much everything costs in the view and order. We're having it way before. So then if you say, uh, not in the cards, we need a 16 by 24. That's going to go above our nightstand that's $2,000. Great. Then we know what we're shooting for. So all the scary money, all of those big decisions that takes place in the consultation, they have time to think about it. We have a great time in the session. And then when they come to look at the images, I cut it way down 
they see a slideshow, but then immediately here's your wall, here's your album. And then we just, they're like, okay, I love that. I wish the picture of the kids were bigger. Is that the best one of kid number one? You know, and then we can go back and make those choices, but I've already designed the, you know, it's the hood design. It's the cabinets have been designed. It's the hardware. It's that sort of thing. Yeah. And you're right that 98% of the time, I swear, they always choose what you choose anyway. They, even when they want to look at the, well, let's put the five or six or 10 of them together of that kid or mm-hmm. of the three kids together. Yeah. I can literally count on one hand and probably wouldn't need all my fingers sure. when they would not choose the one that we choose. Right. Like it just does. It just rarely happens, barely happens. Well, yeah. and it's, but it's just the same as with an interior designer. That's why you're paying somebody to do that because they can go take a million pictures on their phone of their kid and sit there and go, Oh, I don't like his, his hair is weird. Okay. Do it again. Okay. Smile, do it again, do it again, do it again. And they can do that all day long. They don't need you for that. What they need you for is to relieve them from all responsibility, give them an amazing experience. And then you can sit there with them and say, this is what I think is special about your child. This is what I noticed about him. And this Mm -hmm. is my interpretation of your child, or this is my interpretation of the relationship between your children. This is Cynthia Moore's interpretation of your four-year-old. You're not saying it in that, that so many terms, but really that's what they're paying for. Yes. You know, and that's why they hired you. Right. And so, or if, me, whatever. So, Cynthia mm-hmm. Moore isn't sitting next to you, helping you figure that out. You're in your PJs on your laptop in your bed. You have no context to know which one is better, which one's not. I mean, you can tell that one got retouched. So, you assume that that was the better one, but how much better to have, you know, rather than somebody throwing you in a dressing room full of clothes and here's all the outfits, try them on. Here's everything in your size. Hope it fits your fat butt. (laughs) Um, It's like, no, actually you're curvy. You're cute. You know, like if they were doing it for me that you're small on top, big on the bottom. So here's all the really great things for girls that have big booties. Here's all the great things for girls who are small on top. And we're going to put all this together. And here are four amazing outfits that you could walk out of your house and feel confident in any day of the week. And you can mix and match them all. And this is what I think you need to have based on my fashion sense or whatever. You'd be like, yes, please. Thank you so much. You know, and it makes you feel special, right? Like being, yes, yeah. Like what you're saying is right. And you're not, and you're also not going to pull it apart. You're not going to pull it apart. So like going back to Dave's landscaping business, your husband's landscaping business, Mm -hmm. when we use that example, which was actually a Tim Walden example, you know, which is like landscapers don't just come and pull up a trailer and go, okay, which plants do you want? And where do you want them? It's like, well, no, they have the plan. You have the design, but the other beauty of that is that then once the design is done, so Dave draws it, he has you know, I don't know if he uses like 3D imagery or where they can kind of see what it's going to look like, like we would do a mock-up on a wall. And then they're not going to go, okay, I love everything, but let's just not do the daisy right there. And let's get rid of that elm tree. And no, because it's a whole, it's a thing that hangs together and everything works with everything else. Now they might say, it feels too deserty or it feels too spare, or I want it to be a more English country gardener. They might have those kinds of feelings, but they're not going to go through and say, I don't need that little aloe vera. Does that make yeah. sense? 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> but when but when we do business the way that way that the photography industry typically does it, which is selling a bunch of eight by tens and five by sevens, that's super easy. Like, oh, I don't need that five by seven. Let's they start going like they're in their cart online, right? They've got all the outfits, they put it all in, they see the total and they're like, oh, 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 no, 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 no. Yep. So then it becomes like, how do I get this down? Not what's best for my wall. And it's the yes. same thing when we're standing in that dressing room. Like, oh, I, I'm not going to buy it. I mean, these, these jeans are 300 bucks a pair. I'm not going to buy all these, but I can guarantee you that like, if she comes in there and they all look fabulous on yes. your body, and she's put the whole thing together. You're going to have three pairs of $300 jeans. You don't like yes. whatever. And you're not going to pull it apart. You're not going to take the belt out or the shoes or whatever, because it all hangs together. You all look great. She's already painted the picture of how you're going to look when you walk into your high school reunion and you look like a million bucks because she's put the whole thing together for you. And it's not a sales trick and it's not no. manipulation. It's just expertise. Yes. Which I think that's the other thing. Sometimes we forget because what we do is easy for us, mm-hmm. easy relative yeah. <laughs> term. Uh, but that, that this seeing people's Christmas posts over the holidays on Instagram, right? Their pictures of their kids with like two of them right. looking in the wrong direction, yeah. one of them with their finger in their nose. It's like, Oh, that's why we get paid. Well, yeah. we get paid because we know how to take a photo of your kids all looking at the camera or doing whatever it is we want them doing. And I forget that it's not easy and I forget that it's special and that to them it's amazing. <laughs> but to us, it's just what we it's what we do, right? So it's, right. then I throw it all out there like, oh, here is everything instead of remembering that you only need to show 20 amazing things, the best of the best of the best, not yeah. but most what of is it. Cynthia Moore's interpretation of this family at this time in their life? Because mm-hmm. then they're going to come to you again and that will be a different thing yet again. So what is special about them now? And so that's the whole experience of the consultation and all of that is yes, to nail down the sizes and have them exposed to pricing and all of that. But really it's this time in your life is special. There's always a good reason to do family portraits let me guide you through this process. Let me show you how this works. And you are never going to be left alone for one second. You will be guided every step of the way. I would never in a million years expect for you to figure out what it was that you needed without my help. Mm-hmm. Because, because it's not just this year. It's like, then what? Then next year and the year after and the year after and the year after, what do we want those walls to look like? What's the long-term plan? Right. And I see that clients appreciate the help. Like I see that in everything that we do when we're doing it. People really, really appreciate the the help. And I guess the way I'm going about it is actually not helping them for that (laughs) that portion of the But I understand why you're doing it. You're a very smart person. And it makes sense when you are up to your eyeballs in sessions and you're like, look, I don't have time to get this down to 20 images. Mm -hmm. It takes way longer to do that. So that could be a conversation of going back to that. Do I have the business that I want to have? Am I just busy? Am I doing too much or am I doing too much and I need help? You know, maybe I just need some seasonal help. Maybe I need to be outsourcing more things. Are you shooting things that you don't love anymore, but you just don't want to say no? You know, it's, it's all of those kinds of things. This is 2021 was the first year that we actually fully shut down. Like by October 15th, we were not taking any more sessions and we weren't even like quote unquote, super fully booked, but I knew because I knew physically I could shoot more sessions, but I knew that if I did, I would be shortchanging my clients. 
that I would not be able to spend the time with them that I wanted to spend and make every single session super special for them. And mm-hmm. that was kind of an epiphany for me. And so it, it made, you know, we had some clients that were long-term clients that were like, you mean I can't get in because they left it too late. And I'm like, look, I'm not going to be able to spend the time that I want to spend with you. Let's book in January, February. We'll do next year. And it was, it was all good. But I think sometimes we just are like, oh, let's just take everything we possibly can take. And we're not making it a special enough experience for those clients because you get into the busy season and it just gets crazy. No. And then running yourself ragged in the process, right? Remembering that feeling at the end of the year, what it feels like. I always try to remember from one year to the next when you want to say yes, because you feel bad. Yeah. But that by the, the end of November, you'll be losing your mind, right? Well, and then it just makes you hate everybody, including yourself first and yes, foremost, yes. because you're like, <laughs> okay, who, who created this situation? It was me. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. So everybody has their own business and everybody needs, you need to do what is right for you and what makes sense for you. But I'm, I'm always going to challenge you on stuff that I think will make you, especially if it's something that will make you enjoy your business more, it will increase your sales and it will actually make the whole thing more enjoyable for you and your client. I just think mm-hmm. that's one of those things that could be a win-win on all on all fronts. No, well, I definitely, that example with your sister really resonates <laughs> with me. If I think I'm ripping my clients off of part of the process, that makes me see it in a much different uh, perspective. I love that. Well, so thank you for that. I would love to know, because now let's just say that you decide to make a change. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? How do you do that with all these existing clients that have been doing it this way for forever? Because you're going to get pushback. Honestly, like I said before, I don't, I don't know how much pushback you, I would actually get because I feel like once they know that they're coming in to choose anyway, it's mm-hmm. sort of, it's the same thing. You're not, you're just not seeing it ahead of time for those people that know what you, what you do and they know right. what they're going to be getting from you. I wouldn't imagine that the, now that looking at the big picture like this, I think a lot of it is just my own hesitancy to do the work <laughs> ahead of time, do the calling, which I don't mm-hmm. know where I would, I can't, that's something I can't imagine letting go of when you don't already have somebody else in your business. Right. Like I don't, I can, would never hire somebody and say, well, this is your job because when five people have their eyes closed, but the one person has their eyes open and it's the only good face of that one person, you know, when you look through them that you're going to need that face, right? Right. For a head swap or whatever. But I don't know, like the average person obviously wouldn't know that. So I can't imagine sourcing that out to somebody else. And it is probably, like I said, the the most time consuming thing that I do not enjoy doing in our business, but I'll work it out. I know it it is hard, but you know, I think if you get rid of some of the other things that you can outsource and free up time. And then I find that having Stacy being able to do the first pass has been great in some regards. And in others, it's made me lazier. Whereas when Mm -hmm. I was having to do the first pass, I'm like, dang it, I'm going to quit overshooting. And I would be way more like focused on that because I didn't want to spend so much time. So there's a benefit there as well. But yes. And that was actually a huge goal of mine last year because I hate the calling so much was to stop overshooting. 
which I did to some degree, but I think even if you're not overshooting, right, if you have a family of five people and you're doing individuals and whatever, like you're going to have a few hundred photos, no matter how clean you, you are about it. Right. For sure. And especially if you're going for expression and moving and yeah. And there's movement as part of your style. Yeah. That's just part of the, I've gotten it down as far as I think I can. And it's still a lot. So I totally, totally get that. So any thoughts that you have about last year, this year, any, oh, anything, (laughs) anything looking forward. So 2022, as, as we look forward to 2022, what are you excited about this year? What are you, what goals are you thinking about? What are you, as you're Uh, down here for your nice, warm month? Yes. Well, the, uh, bad news that I didn't mention to you is that Ontario went into another lockdown today. Uh, my phone was blowing up before we got on this call. So supposedly for the next two weeks, but that's generally not how it's, uh, not how it's going. They shut down for two weeks and then we don't know. So (laughs) we'll see what happens when I get, uh, back. But while I'm down here prepping or part of my goal being down here and prepping was to, um, restructure my pricing, raise my session fee to include less credit than it did before, and really simplify even more my price list. After I saw you, I did, I still have like a couple of collections because mm-hmm. I felt like they should be on there. But honestly, people don't really buy them. Everything people buy is is uh, a la carte other than kind of a one small sort of add-on thing that I offer. So that is what I wanted to do while I was here. And also uh, keep on educating and learning more um, outdoor lighting skills mm-hmm. is on my is on my list to do while I'm here because as much as I'm a total studio girl and I love being in the studio, I've always sort of wanted to learn how to shoe outdoor strobes. And I did yeah. a couple of sessions this year in people's homes, which I don't normally do either for okay. existing clients. And mm-hmm. uh, the couple of times I did it, I'm like, I actually quite enjoy this. I liked it. It's fun. It's, I feel like in, in some ways it's easier because people are just living their lives and you're there sort yeah. of observing. It's less kind of how am I going to make this amazing and more just like what's going on. Yeah. Uh, which I, which I quite enjoyed. So I might incorporate, uh, incorporate that and some corporate location work, which obviously the lighting, working on lighting while I'm here will help with that. So that was my January plan and God willing, when I get home, we'll be open. Seriously. <laughs> just luck. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. It's just, yeah. But I think you, you have proven to yourself that even when you made really hard changes in your business. You made dramatic mm-hmm. changes to your business a few years back and saw the payoffs for that. And I think one of the payoffs for that is the, that your brand became very clear and so strong in your area so that even when things lock down and obviously nobody's doing anything, when everything comes back up, they know exactly who to go to when they want wall art or albums of their family. There's no doubt in their mind, they know who to go to. And I think that's a huge accomplishment and you should be so proud of yourself for that. Oh, well, thank you. And thank you again for your help. Cause I think that was since I saw you partially in what you taught me and then kind of knowing which sources to go to 
for education, again, not lighting education, but business education or listening to other, I did uh, imaging last year, just uh, virtually, mm-hmm. um, and didn't look at most of anything that was technical stuff. It was all sort of the behind the, behind the scenes and mm-hmm. uh, mindset workshops. And that's just an unbelievable game changer, right? Which I would, any, especially women, woman who is listening to this, those, when you helped me get my head around those things, everything else falls in line, right? I, I feel like I was a decent shooter before I mm-hmm. had strong kind of lighting skills and sure. whatever. But when you're not confident about what you're doing, you can never really propel yourself in that direction. It's like you said, I was second guessing everything all the time and just could never really get there right and then you get to a certain age and it's like I'm going to be 50 this year like if I can't feel confident and feel like I know what I'm doing and like I want to grow this amazing business now when am I going to do it yeah when is the time and how do you what do you attribute that confidence like how did you gain that confidence or what what were the things what you said these are the things what are what were those things that gave you that confidence well Allison Tyler Jones I wrote them down Last time, we talked, <laughs> last time we talked, well, I have some very messy notes here that I'm going to look at because the last time you and I chatted and we were talking about pricing and whatnot, I was uh, thinking about kind of what I've learned and how things have changed since I came to you. Because obviously, whatever that was, four years, five years ago, if I'm turning 50 this year, I wasn't that young when I came, right? I've already been doing this for a long time. You would think sure. that I would have been already kind of had my head around it, but I just think... As a woman, I think that's the nature of a lot of women, just in general. I stayed home with my kids when they were younger. I wasn't like in the workforce feeling like I was kicking butt and doing amazing things. You're home with your kids and probably didn't have a lot of confidence outside of that. Sure. You're spanking and wiping butts and and yeah. and, and exactly. getting their names and calling them each other's names. <laughs> right. Yes, right. And going to dinner, going to dinner parties. And as soon as you tell somebody what you do, oh, I stay home with my kids. It's like you're a non-entity then right. in the room, right? Like that's not, I obviously don't think that myself, but that's how it feels. How you like felt. You sure. Right. And I'm telling people about what my husband does for a living and how great his business is instead of tooting my own horn ever because yeah. that's just not not how I felt about myself. Right. So I think some of it is just the natural process of of aging. But again, after I came to see you, just that meeting alone and listening to you speak and your examples were just huge, like a million kind of truth bombs going off and really, really resonating in my mind. But I think having somebody else give me that advice, it gave me the permission to do it for myself and to be confident in what I was doing and to start investing in myself as far as education and and what I'm putting in my brain all the time, right? Searching that information out, listening to women talk about earning money, listening to photographers talk about examples like um, people should think of photos on their walls, like furniture, like that's what Mm -hmm. the cost should be, like little things like that. I would hear them and write them down and just stick them in my brain. (laughs) And then eventually it was like, yes, it was like osmosis. I feel like mm-hmm. listening to all of this information from all of these different sources, which now I think are the right sources, right? And I, like I think that. when I started running my business like that, it's like you bring in a different type of clientele and then they refer their friends. So it's like, I love my clients. I have amazing clients. I don't resent my clients. I'm happy to spend time with them. It's 
I don't know, everything just feels different now. I don't get pushed back like I did before. People trust me. They trust my expertise. And I think that has also given me the confidence that I needed. Whereas before, it's like you poo-poo everything when people tell you or people compliment your work. My instinct is to like, oh, no. It's mm-hmm. not me. It's you. You've got these beautiful kids, which I, I do believe, but as you know, like that's what we say to our clients. But it's like, I didn't even want to believe what they were saying. Sure. <laughs> like that's when you have low confidence like that. It's like you're poo-pooing everything, the good things that people are saying to you instead of taking it in and being like, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Like, this is what I do. And I feel like the combination of age And that just all of a sudden came together and it's like, okay. And now I feel like I love being that person for other people. When young female photographers in our area, somebody reached out to me recently and just wanted to discuss them. And I've heard myself saying all the things that you've said to me and just being like, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to think. Don't look at what everybody else is doing. Keep your eyes on the road and just do your own thing and be confident about it. I love that. Thanks for sharing that because I think it does go back to you have to reevaluate whether it's annually, quarterly, every 10 years, you know, whatever. It would behoove us to say, why are we even doing portrait photography in the first Mm -hmm. place? Is it because it's fun or is supporting our habit or what is the reason? Is it for me, it's like I want a career that has meaning obviously, and that, that allows me to have the time to do what I love outside of work and at work, you know? So that's why I've created this business. And then do we have the businesses that we want to have? Well, mostly yes, but there's always things that can be fixed. There's things that, like we say, we make the list and you think, what do I love? What don't I love? Am I spending too much time on the things that don't really matter that maybe I could have somebody else do? And is my time in the business being used for the highest and best use? Am I using my skills and abilities that like my unique talents? And that's Mm going to be different for everybody, regardless of who you know, so you, that's not really something that you can look at other people and say, well, what is Cynthia doing? Or what is Allison doing or whatever? Right. Because you have like Dan McClanahan, you know, should absolutely be doing the Photoshop. You know, he's amazing yes, yes. at it, you know, <laughs> but maybe he shouldn't be doing the sales. I don't know. You know, I, you know, yeah. so you think of everybody has their superpowers and then we kind of get in that mode of like, well, if I'm just, if I'm busy, then that means that's good. But is it like, do we want to be just busy or do we want to really be creating amazing experiences for less clients, for more money. You know, there's just a lot of ways to look at, there's not only one way to do business and being a woman in business, especially if you've been a stay-at-home mom or that sort of thing, we've been used to, you just do everything for everybody right? and you just put yourself on the altar and like open a vein and that's what happens. And then you come into business and you think, well, I feel bad. I want them to have (laughs) what I do. And I just, but then you realize, okay, Well, you know, and you said earlier, well, it's easy for us. And yes, it is easy in that we have mastered our craft, Mm -hmm. but I don't know about you. It's never really totally easy because it's like pieces of my soul are hanging all over my town. It's like, it took a lot to get that little, you're a four-year-old who's exceptionally naughty 
to turn them around. It took mm-hmm. a while for me to go in the bathroom and like shrink that kid to get him to come out and actually put his clothes on. You know, there are things that we do that have nothing to do with photography or holding mom's hand while she talks about specific challenges with a transgender teen or right. that her marriage is falling apart or whatever. I mean, there are just so many things that go into this that actually make being a woman in this business a superpower. Yes, agree. And that we need to value and recognize, you know, that, yeah, this is a whole thing and it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to kill myself for you. And it's worth what you're paying for it. Yes. And I, I think that you also taught me that from the kind of pricing monetary side of it is that it's just numbers. Like those are two different things. We're doing the job, <laughs> yeah. but the numbers really have nothing to do with the emotion of the job. Like you numbers are black and white. You need to make this much. You need to earn this much per session, depending on what you need to pay your rent or pay your employees or whatever it is, or you just want to make this much this year. That's a black and white thing. And I think I could never understand that before. I couldn't take the emotion mm-hmm. out of the charging right? Yeah. Even though actually, if I put the, I know how much emotion we put into it, right. we should be charging a million dollars. Yeah. I never think of it that way, no. but taking my feelings of inadequacy yeah. <laughs> out of the equation of what I need to earn to pay my vendors, pay myself, pay a retoucher, if that's what's happening, whatever. Those are two different things. And that when other women ask me, that's the thing I always catch myself saying when they don't know what to charge. I'm like, it's, what do you need to make? What do you need to make, right? It's Those are just numbers and you can charge whatever you want. And some people will say no, but most of them will say yes if they want right. you. Like that just is the way that it is. Right, for sure. And also you think about when you're thinking about charging or, mm-hmm. oh, is that concept of like charging what, what you're worth. Right. And I think that is actually what hung me up for a really long time is charging what you're worth. Because I think I just didn't feel like I was worth, like, I'm not Annie Leibovitz. Yeah. I haven't done the kind of cover of Vanity Fair magazine. Like how dare I, you know, or who do I think I am or whatever, but getting away from taking me out of it, what mm-hmm. I think I'm worth and saying, okay, let's just break this down. I'm going to meet with you. I'm going to consult on wardrobe. We're going to talk about your kid, all their nuances, the relationships, the things that are hard about them, the things that are great about them, like all of that. I want to know all the details. We're going to figure out your house. We're going to figure out a holiday card. We're going to figure out what it's framed, how it, I'm going to come and hang it. Like there's, it's fully like interior design, psychology, an experience Disneyland with Hue Circus soundtrack, you know, with a cherry on top. And I can only ever sell this to you. So this isn't something that I'm going to create this one time and I'm going to go sell posters of it in a mall like Peter Lick or, you know, some of these other photographers that like have these beautiful landscapes or whatever that they can sell over and over and over again. This is something that is private commissioned only for you. This is, you're the only person I will ever sell this image to and it is custom, custom, custom you can't actually charge enough for it. Right. And so when you think about it that way, you're thinking about not what I'm worth. You're thinking about what this service that I'm doing, what it is worth, what this is doing 
for your client. It is creating something, not just the finished product, but this entire experience so that they don't have to worry about anything. We handle it all, the expertise beginning to end. And they end up with beautiful artwork on their walls that when they look at it, they're like, oh, that was such a fun day. And it started out hard. The kids were crazy, but then we got there to the session. It was totally amazing. And then the whole process seamless beginning to end. We hold their hand through it. And it's artwork in their home that is perfectly sized, perfectly designed. And then their holiday card looks like my goal for the holiday card is that people might almost throw it away because they think it's an ad for something, you know? So yeah. <laughs> it's you really almost can't even put a price on it. So it's not what I'm worth. It's just what that service does for them. We're creating the things that if their house were to burn after they got their kids and the dog out, that would be the yeah, first. That's what they grab. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I do think we underestimate, but I definitely got hung up on that. We'll charge, you know, when people say charge what you're worth. I would just think, well, what if I don't think I'm worth that much? Exactly. And you know? who of us thinks that? Who of us right. thinks that way, right? Like that's just generally speaking, not the way we think. And in my experience, actually, the people who do think that way are usually not the best of whatever it is that they're doing. It's like a false sense of confidence that some people have, but some people have amazing talent. And when I look at what they're charging, I think I can't believe that you're not charging more than that. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily only in photography, just as a generalization, but sure. anyway, I agree. And I don't think any legal could do what you do, Allison. (laughs) (laughs) It's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. (laughs) It is so hard. I know. It's funny. I, I went to, I attended a Santa Fe workshop one time and it was taught by these two big Condon asked photographers who shall remain nameless. And they did a little like a meet and greet with everybody that was in the class. And they said, you know, bring three to five images and we'll show and kind of introduce yourself. And they, they had editorial photographers from all over the world. I mean, I felt so outclassed. And so I put my stuff up and it was like, you know, kids throwing a floppy or whatever, that sort of thing, you know, just the, the stuff that I do. And after I showed my images, the guy, the guy that was teaching the class, he's like, well, I got to hand it to you. You do something that I would never do. And that is young kids are animals. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, how hard is it to get like some hot, beautiful actor? Exactly. Exactly. You know? like, yeah. But you know, so I thought, well, that was a little bit validating because it is, it is hard what we do. It and, is. And, and we compare ourselves to those people when you're looking at that work and it's like, gosh, like I would, and then I realized it's not the lighting I'm all goshing about. It's that whatever it's Kate Beckinsale or whatever, somebody who has the talent to give a certain expression, but we have to get that from people who don't feel comfortable in front front of a camera. Like that alone is worth its weight in gold, but we know that. (laughs) Yeah. But sometimes we don't, you know, so I think it behooves us just going to the whole theme of this podcast is take a minute and look back and think, what are the things that I'm really enjoying about my business? What am I not enjoying? Are there things that I can hire out or the things I can quit doing? And then the things that I do love, am I charging appropriately? And if I'm not charging enough, am I giving the experience and the amount of time to that to warrant that price that I want to charge? You know, because that's got to go with it. It can't just be like, oh, let's just raise the prices. It's like, we've got to make it worth that. So I think- Lots of things to think about. And this is definitely not your typical, like, let's make some uh, New Year's resolutions. But um, 
but definitely real talk, you know, definitely real talk. Yes. And hoping onwards and upwards this year for everybody. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> wish us, wish us luck in uh, Ontario or in Canada, not just yeah. Ontario, because I don't think we're the only ones, but yeah. we'll see what happens there. Well, you have proven that women are resilient. They are able to change flexible and that has done nothing but contribute to your success. And I so appreciate you being here and sharing your story and being willing to just share all the good things with us so that we can learn and be better. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me and thank you for everything that I've learned from you. You've been a huge, huge impact on my life and a big uh, mentor. So I appreciate that very much. Thank you, Cynthia. I appreciate you. Thanks, Allison. Have a great day. You can find more great resources from Allison at dotherework.com and on Instagram at do.the.rework. 